that that is probably the third or fourth false start I've had this morning. Um, what I want to start with today is to say I want everyone to know that that guns without bullets are actually less dangerous than bullets without guns. I'm really going to get this out there today in the world um, because a gun without bullets is just just a hunk of metal, a brick essentially, whereas bullets without guns are still tiny explosives that could explode in your hand or face or anywhere else. That's bad. Uh, police sergeant went to get lunch. He went to get a bento. So he went to the supermarket and get a bento, a pre-prepared lunch. It's very nice. Uh, and at some point during his trip to the supermarket, he dropped a bag of ammunition. Now, most people are like, oh, he dropped his ammunition. He lost his ammunition. That's really bad. I'm like, Bag. For me, the, the optimal word in this, the problematic word was, was bag of ammunition. Because um, it implies a loose bag of bullets. Uh, a bag of loose bullets, I guess, is the correct sentence I wanted to make just now. Which to me just seems insane. I always imagine bullets as being very well kept. So uh, boxes with each one standing up in its own little place. Uh, or, or, you know, like cowboys had a belt and each bullet went into its own slot. That is my image of how to care for and handle bullets. It seems Japanese police officers are, if not regularly, irregularly given hopefully small bags of ammunition. So on, uh, July 15th, this police officer lost his bag of ammunition. And I'm going to say that a lot because that's the bit that blows my mind. Then noticed on July 16th. So the next day he noticed, hey, my bag of ammunition is gone. My first thought when they said bag of ammunition was actually Ziploc bag. But the store employee who found the bag didn't know he was carrying live ammunition in his hand. So it's clearly not see-through. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping at least has Velcro on the top. I don't know, but they didn't look in the bag, which was kind of respectful. I thought that was all right. So he goes back, the police, the sergeant's like, oh, I've lost my bag of ammunition. So he goes back, retraces steps. He goes back to the supermarket and says, hey, did I drop a bag? I'm going to just leave out of ammunition part here. Did I drop a bag here and it's uh, lost and found? They go, yeah, we do have a bag that matches the description of your bag. And he gets it back. I, I don't know how much trouble you get in for for that. But I always enjoy when I learn things about rules in Japan. I don't know if this is the same as other countries, but apparently you're given your gun and ammunition separately. That sort of makes sense. Uh, in Japan, they use revolvers. So again, I in my imagination, if you said they gave him ammunition, it would have been in a box with each bullet individually standing up in foam or something to make sure they don't bump into each other and go off. Well, no, they give you a bag of ammunition and then you're supposed to put the bullets in your gun. And then you're only supposed to carry around your gun with bullets in it as you go around and do your duties during the day. So he had decided it's not worth putting my bullets in my gun. A, showing how safe a country Japan is that this cop didn't think his gun needed bullets. But B, shows how dangerous it gets if you're complacent because he was carrying around loose bullets in a bag all day and then leaving them in grocery stores. They also come just stacked on top of each other in a I box. I know that's the reality, but it just, I don't... I don't want people to kill themselves by accident or on purpose. Uh, so it's just weird. It's weird that people, like bullets, are inherently dangerous. That's kind of my point. Uh, 
So they shouldn't be handled all willy-nilly. <laughs> a loose bag of bullets seems like a bad idea. So the reason for putting your bullets in your gun is that the gun actually has a cable attached to the police officer's belt, which means it's very hard to steal a cop's gun. Now, it's still possible, but it's difficult. Uh, if I just have a loose bag of ammunition and someone grabs my loose bag of ammunition, that's actually quite easy to steal. Uh, and then also, they're, they're actually, if the safety's on the gun and stuff, it's less likely to go off. The secondary issue is if this police officer was in a situation where he actually had to use his gun that day, he would have been like, oh, excuse me, incredibly dangerous criminal who I need to shoot right now. A timeout. Let me just uh, get my little bag of ammunition. I'll just, I'll take two. Go two bullets. Let me put them in my gun just now. Okay, I would now freeze. I mean, that seems to be the situation they were in in, in this in this moment. Um, he's been reprimanded. Fair, but I don't know. I guess it is nice that we live in a country where cops don't feel they even have to load their guns. So I I actually just uh, purchased a new car. It's uh, very nice. Uh, my old car will be recycled. Uh, I just bought a new car, which is great. Very excited. It's a hybrid uh, where, where I wanted to move more, a little more green. I actually wanted to do more, but uh, just there weren't charging stations and stuff. It's not really feasible right now. It's too bad. My old car is going to be recycled. Now, recycled in Japan actually means they're, they're going to fix it up. Now, my car runs fine. It's just the taxation system in Japan has made it so that after a certain period, our car is 13 years old. After a certain period, the taxes are so high, it's actually cheaper to buy a new car than to maintain your old car. And so they take these old cars, they fix them up, they clean them up, and they usually somewhere send them somewhere else uh, and resell them somewhere in Asia, usually like Cambodia or, or, you know, Thailand or something. You'll see a lot of secondhand Japanese cars. Uh, used to be also Russia, but not anymore. Uh, because of the export bans, they're now including used cars. So last year, it was a luxury ban. So any luxury item from Japan could not be exported to Russia. Uh, used cars were included if they were 6 million yen or over. So it had to be a pretty good luxury car to be worth 6 million yen as a secondhand car. Uh, it's, this ban has been expanded to any used car with an engine over 1900 cc's hybrids or EVs. So any good car that could actually you could do stuff with other than just transport yourself is now not going to be exported to Russia. Uh, you can still get really, really small compact cars, but I'm assuming those engines you can't turn into weapons of mass destruction or like mount guns on them. I don't know the reasoning. I figure if you're going to do an export ban to a country, you just blanket ban but then also companies still need to make their money and stuff. So I, I'm a little torn. I'm, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy when it comes to let's deal with Russia. And, and honestly, I wouldn't even give them my under 1900 CC engines because who knows what they're going to do with them. They're, they're clearly uh, not in good shape right now. Mentally. Mentally? I don't know. Can you say a country is not in good shape mentally? Certainly the leadership. We'll, we'll go with that. Okay, this was interesting. I'm a content creator of sorts. Uh, I create content by, by spitting into this microphone on a regular basis. Uh, not bars, just phlegm. There was an interesting th thing went up on the internet, and it was a creator who works for Tsuburiata Productions, and they make Ultraman. That's kind of the most important thing. 
Uh, and he went on the internet and he said, hey, big fans of Ultraman, please don't send in your ideas to me. Which is weird because you'd be like, oh, the fans are very excited about Ultraman. They send you all their cool ideas for Ultraman. You could use ideas. That's the problem. That's actually the problem. You've hit upon it. The designer, one of the, the like, character designers for Street Fighter came in and said, yeah, uh, don't send in your design ideas to Street Fighter. And so this was like, this was almost snowballing all these other like very serious professional creators. I'm not one of those. All those very serious professional creators were saying, don't send me your ideas. The guy who's in charge of the Gundam manga, he said he has received complaints in the, in the past because he's like a fan is sent in an idea. And then in some point, it'll, like some later point, he's done a similar idea. Cause again, we're talking about giant space robots. How many actual ideas are you going to have? Like, Oh, I have an idea. The giant space robot goes into space and fights another new giant space robot. Well, he did that story. The guy who sent in that story was like, Hey dude, you took my story. You didn't credit me. You didn't compensate me. You didn't even say thank you. Uh, he's like, well, I didn't use your story. We just happened to be in the same genre of stories. Uh, so the concern is that if you send in your story and they don't even look at it, they don't use it, what's going to happen is they will hit on a similar story at a later date. That similar story is going to be the problem because you might try to sue them. So like you took my idea, you used my idea, you didn't compensate me, you didn't credit me, I should now be considered a professional whatever thing I've sent you, be it writer, artist, or whatever. I want my cut. And so these, these creators, these professional uh, designers and whatnot, they're saying, don't send us your ideas because we just don't want that problem in the future because let's face it, we get so much stuff, we don't even look at it anyways. I have posted several video game ideas and TV show ideas on the internet in the past. And let's be very honest, I will sue. There was a, I only, this story is not very good. I actually only did this story because of the name uh, of the hair removal place. There's a, a male laser hair removal chain. It's mostly in Tokyo and Osaka. Uh, it's called Wolf Clinic. I don't know why I really enjoyed that. A hair removal place where their logo is like a wolf howling at the moon, covered in hair, which made me think of werewolf. And I'm like, ah, you're a werewolf, but you, if you do laser hair removal, you're not a werewolf anymore, but you still maintain the, the vigor, the vitality that is the werewolf. Uh, probably reading into it a bit, if I'm being really honest. They suspended services in April. They've received 700 complaints uh, I was interested also in the pricing. The average cost for hair removal, laser hair removal, is 210,000 yen. So it's like 2,000 bucks, let's say. It's like probably 1,700, something like that. If you want, there's one man was complaining that he didn't get his total body hair removal. So I was like, total implies all the hair on your body, head, face, body but I'm assuming he actually means like chin down. So his chest, legs, exciting areas. How much does that cost? There's, there's an interesting question. How much does it cost to get all the body hair on your body removed? It's 400,000 yen. So 
hair removal, non-specific, the average was 210,000 yen. I'm assuming that's going to be like chest and back. And I got, I got some, I'm getting old. I got some weird shoulder hair growing in. I could get them lasered off. I'd be pretty happy about that. Problem is the company's going into bankruptcy. Uh, so a lot of these guys might be, they paid to have their body hair removed and they're not getting their body hair removed. I, I feel some sympathy, but wolf body hair removal. I was just a great name. Speaking of great names, uh, if you are named, so I have a thing about, uh, when the police give a nickname to a 400,000 procession or for uh, 400,000 like procession or for like a block of sessions, it said 400,000 yen for total body hair removal, which I am going to make an assumption. I do not know the answer. I'm going to make the assumption that that means multiple sessions. So it's like they're actually charging, I guess, for square inch of body. So like you want to have your torso lasered, that's going to cost this much money. You want to have your legs lasered, that's going to cost so much money. That's a crazy good deal. Is it? I don't know. I've never looked into hair removal. Again, I just said I, I'd, I'd do it. I have some really, I have really gross chest hair. <laughs> this is now be going to be a confessional about my body shaming. Uh, I have nipples. <laughs> I, that's it. That's my confession. I, Peter of Ninja News Japan, have nipples. I apologize. Uh, I have like octopus hairs, like the just little straggly ones. And then I have like a patch in the middle. I would actually love to get those lasered off. If I was being honest. I, I, I'm one of those white people who has really thick hair on his beard, losing my hair up top and patchy hair on my body. I don't mind losing my hair. I don't really care about the beard. It's just, okay, it, it, it's, it's nice. Um, the patchy hair, if it was even, if it was like consistent, okay. Patchy hair is gross. I think we can all agree. I, if, I, if I had the extra money, I'd go to Wolf. Well, I guess not because they're going bankrupt. I would get some hair, laser hair treatment and get that, that taken off. Um, I was going to talk about a bear. We've gone from wolves to bears. There is a gigantic bear that is in Hokkaido has been killing and eating cows. Now, that does imply, if you say it that way, it's eating the entire cow, which I don't think is true. But it has 66, it has attacked 66 cows and killed 32, eaten most of them. The bear is gigantic and they've given it a name, OSO 18. So, OSO 18. And I don't know, I have this thing like when cops give a criminal a nickname, now it's not usually as cool as the movies. Armpits are like $150 as per session, and you need like 10. Jade's in the chat, still on the hair. <laughs> Okay. Armpits are like $150 per session in the US and you need 10 sessions. So that's $1,500 just for your armpits. Yeah. I don't know. I, it couldn't have been 400,000 yen per session. It must have been a block of sessions. It just must have been. Like, again, I, I didn't look into the actual uh, uh, programs they offered because they're going bankrupt. So I couldn't even get it even if I was vaguely interested for no nipple-oriented reason whatsoever. Let's just be clear on that. There's a big bear. Uh, the total cost for hair laser removal for a bear is way more than that of a person. Because there's nothing else to that story. There's just a really big bear and I really like bears. Bears are cool. 
Um, since we're talking about big things, I'm now I'm now trying to find. I'll stop. No, derailing. don't derail. Derailing is fun. What I'm hoping the evolution of this podcast would be: I tell a story, we have a chat conversation. I tell a story, we have a chat conversation. So if, please feel free to derail. Because if the, if the chat's no good, I can delete it. Like that's the editing process for when this goes out. So I have that power of if it's a fun conversation, we have the fun conversation. If it's not a fun conversation, it's gone. I mean, that's just the, the beauty of editing is we can sit here and dick around as much as we want. I need to learn a certain level of professionalism as well. I need to learn to know when to just power through the story and then deal with the, the chat. Whereas the thing is, I'm actually all excited about the chat and I want to talk to both at the same time. So this is, this is a, a skill I need to teach myself is when to do story, when to stop, when to do chat. Should I go back? Should I just keep going? That kind of thing. Uh, Ignatius called me a dick. I assume the laser hair treatment for your dick is quite expensive. 2,000 peaches. So I'm helping. <laughs> of course you're helping. You're, you're giving me a level of enthusiasm I would not get by myself. Even if I cut out all the chat bits, the enjoyment level on my side and the enthusiasm that that would create goes up. Hey, think about that. That's true. 2,000 peaches were stolen from a Fukushima orchard. Of course, they were stolen at night. And I was just like, holy shit, that's a lot of peaches. Uh, 30 trees, and the peaches are, are very sought after. If you know anything about uh, fruit in Japan, fruit in Japan is very expensive. But then they have like special fruit. They always have these areas, and this area is famous for apples. And this area is famous for uh, peaches. These Peaches would be worth, 2,000 peaches would be, be worth at least 650,000 yen. It was weird to me. I'm like, I guess you can't have, the, orchard security must be a really hard thing to organize because they put up fences and stuff, but I mean, you could just take a truck and roll through a fence. And now you have a truck in the middle of the orchard with all the peaches. You just gather as many peaches as you can and drive the truck away. That's got to be really hard. We Last year or previous years, we had apple theft stories and similar stories. So it seems like this is an ongoing issue. Police have stepped up patrols because the actual harvest time for peaches is in August in Japan. Uh, but they got a couple weeks early, and I guess they're going to hold on to those peaches and then sell them at a later date. They would have ripened by then to a degree. But this is actually uh, it's weird. I was like, how do you protect your peaches? Okay, the Abe assassination. Uh, this mayor of the town had happened, and he was like, we should put up a memorial statue. And then the people in the town were like, nah, man, we don't want a memorial statue because we don't really want to be reminded that this prime minister was assassinated in our town all the time. So can we do something else? And the mayor's like, ah, the people are kind of right. Um, <laughs> I protect my peach by wearing pants. I am only being videoed chest up at the moment. So who knows if my peach is protected at the moment. Uh, so the people in this town are saying they don't want a statue to Abe. They don't want to be reminded that he was assassinated in their town every single day when they walk around this area. So the mayor was like, okay, we'll compromise. We'll put in a flower bed. And then anyone who would like to visit the flower bed could, you know, put a memorial thing there, you know, whatever people do when they have uh, memorial things. 
So one citizen was like, no, I want the statue that was originally proposed. I actually was like, this is a very reasonable mayor. He had an idea. He brought it to the people. The people said no. He didn't go like, well, I'm the mayor. I'm doing what I want. He's like, oh, I represent the people. The people say they don't want it. I'll do something else. I think the flower bed is a very good compromise because it does give you a place to memorialize this event and remember the person, but it also doesn't remind everyone all day, every day that this terrible thing happened in their town. This one guy was like, nah, I want it. I want a big-ass statue. So he decided that this would be the appropriate way to change the mayor's mind. Who do you think you are opposing the erection of former Prime Minister Abe's memorial? I will send scum like you to the afterlife soon, so I hope you're ready. That, if you haven't figured out already, is a death threat. So you have a man who was murdered in a town, and then the mayor said, I want to put up a statue as a memorial to this man. And the town said, we don't really want this memorial. And he said, well, let's find a compromise. We'll do something else that can sort of keep everyone happy. He finds that solution. This one guy's like, I don't like that. I'm going to kill you. Would you think that's a good idea? Because the police don't. Uh, also, he did it online from his phone through a, through a form that was like, to give feedback to the government. So he was found pretty quickly and arrested. Uh, when he was arrested, he said, I thought the mayor would change his mind if I bombarded him with harsh words. I have caused him a great deal of trouble. Yes, you have. You've actually, what you've really done is caused yourself a great deal of trouble because now you're being arrested for death threats. Do you have ants? I'm assuming in your country you do, but if you have ants in your house, what do you do? We actually did a very Japanese thing. There's this like powder you put around. You do like a, a border around your house. I spent like one morning just putting this little, it's, it looks like salt. I mean, I don't know if it's pesticide um, because it didn't seem to do anything, but it, you put this powder all around the house. It was supposed to keep the ants from getting into the house. They wouldn't cross this border. Uh, I can't really explain what happened. I guess it probably was a pesticide of some sort. Uh, if you have a house that you own and, and you're fixing it up and you have ants, uh, you know the old saying that, that when you have a hammer, everything looks like an ale? Uh, I think I just said an ale, as in a beer. That's not correct. When you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I assume this is applicable to almost every implement. So therefore, if you have a blowtorch, every ant looks like something you can burn. So this man has a house. He doesn't live there. It's just his property and he's fixing it up and he sees some ants and he has a blowtorch. He's like, huh, I know how to get rid of these ants. So he starts blowtorching the ants, leaves the house. Weirdly, the house burns down that night. The police and fire department show up. Uh, they put out the house, no, uh, put out the fire. No one's hurt because again, no one actually lives in this house at the moment. Luckily, no neighbor's house is caught on fire as well. The fire in the police department, I really like this. After they spoke to the men, they are investigating the cause of the fire, despite the fact that the man has admitting to using a blowtorch to kill ants inside the house. So your Ninja News Japan advice for today is don't use blowtorch for non-blowtorchy problems. That might be the title of the episode. Okay, our last story. It sounds like a joke. So that's what got my attention. Uh, the more I got into this story, the weirder it was, which I did enjoy. A former chief priest so of a temple and a private investigator broke into a woman's home 
the priest knew the woman and he had sort of a one-sided love for her. So she didn't love him. He loved her. Uh, they broke into her house and they stole 19 million yen in cash. First of all, I don't have 19 million yen in cash to keep in my house. So that, I'm already a bit jelly of this lady. The priest was in love with the woman and he hired the private investigator who says he specialized in breaking up couples, which I didn't think was a subset of skills that private investigators had. So you could hire this guy to try to break up couples in the hopes that you can get one member of the couple that you're interested in to be with you. And so is that private investigation? I guess you would need, if you want to be good at breaking up a couple, you would need to do some private investigating to find out what would break them up in order to then implement a plan to break them up. So I guess it could fall into, this is like evil private detecting, uh, or at least it's certainly immoral. So they broke into the house to steal the money, and then they were also breaking into the house to steal back all the gifts that the priest had given to the woman in the past. So he'd been like, I love you, here's a Prada bag. I love you, here's a coach bag. I'm just using bags. Uh, I know that ladies like bags. Uh, and then they're like, holy, I've given this lady a lot of bags, and she hasn't, you know, put out yet. I don't know what, I, what he was actually expecting. He hasn't, he hasn't left her husband for me because I gave her bags. So I want my bags back. So he breaks in, they get the bags. Or they didn't actually say, they only say they got the money. So they looked for the bags. I bet the woman was smart. I've just realized this now. I bet the woman sold the bags. I bet this is what hostesses do in host clubs. I, this was a, a whole thing I learned about. So let's say I'm a hostess in, in a club and I have many male suitors. What I do is for my birthday, I say, I want this very specific brand of Rolex. And then three or four of the guys will all give me the same Rolex because I've been, I, you know, I've been very specific about which one I want. I like the serial number, uh, the, the, the code or whatever it would be, um, and the color everything. So I get the same watch three, four times. I will keep one and wear it and say, it's the one you gave me, the one you gave me, the one you gave me, the one you gave me. And I'll take the three extras and I go sell them for the money. That's some, that's a good move. This lady probably did a lower level of that where this priest was giving her, I'm going to assume unwanted gifts. And she took those gifts and she sold them. So that's probably why they didn't find the bags in the house. But they did manage to find 19 million yen. Maybe she sold them for 19 million yen cash, and that's what they picked up. They went back again. So this first thing to get the money back wasn't enough. Because the lady still hadn't broken up with her boyfriend or husband or whoever it was. I'm pretty sure it was husband. So they're like, we, gotta, we can't give up. So the priest has an idea, and he goes to the private detective. He says, we'll break into their house. We'll plant some marijuana. The husband will get arrested. That will surely break them up. And then I can swoop her off her feet with obviously the, the massive amount of charm I have having come up with these schemes in the first place. So he said, oh, I had the quote. If you plant cannabis in their home, the woman's husband would get arrested and the two would likely separate. It is interesting that he assumes only the man is going to get caught for marijuana possession. Because if it's in the house, it's actually legally possible that either party is guilty the woman i i'm you know very egalitarian i i believe in equal rights so i also believe in equal ability to commit crimes so 
as a cop, I wouldn't walk in and go, here's some marijuana. That man must have committed a crime. I would have been, here's some marijuana. There's two people who live here. At least one of these people committed a crime. Maybe even both. Maybe they smoke it together. <gasps> Inconceivable. This shows sort of the old style thinking of these, these, these at least this priest, former priest, because, of course, he's in a bit of trouble right now. So they got caught. They got caught for breaking into the house once and stealing 19 million yen, breaking into the house a second time, and planting marijuana. And even the possession of marijuana is illegal in Japan. So it's not only they had to get it, purchase it, take it somewhere, and plant it. That's a whole series of crimes in itself. Um, this is one step away from a romantic comedy movie. Uh, I'm just waiting for the rights to come through, and then uh, uh, that'll be my next big project.